0: What's up, everybody? We hope that you have enjoyed part one of the two-part episode with Natalie Hodson on her Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. We absolutely loved the time we had to record with her and get her perspective on how she is making all types of relationships work in her life. This week's episode is part two, numero dos, of this recording. Hope you enjoy it.
1: Okay, so I have a question for the three of you guys. So for the last couple of years, I've always joked, like, I just have a bad picker because I keep picking, like, bad people to date. <laughs> and so for each of you, I'm sure it was a little bit different. You know, Jess, was it hard for you to, to trust people after? And also, like, did you have a list of somebody, like, the ideal person? Because you said once you know, you know, and you're ready to take action. And same with you, Matt. Like, did you have a hard time finding somebody that you, like, clicked with after your divorce? How, I don't know how much time went between your divorce and meeting Jess. Was it quick? Or had you been single for a while?
0: I'd been single for a while.
1: It was only a couple of years. It
0: was almost three years.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a good amount I mean, of time, yeah. yeah. And then the question I have for Steve is, I'm so curious, like, you're now newly single but also newly single to yeah, the new, gay newly community everything. yeah <laughs> so like how did you navigate through that and what did that look like and um if you're comfortable talking about it i think my i'm re- curious and i think other people would be too so if you guys each wanted to take a stab at those those uh- first ladies, first. <laughs> ladies okay.
0: first
2: i jumped right in because i knew it wasn't about me And I had known that in my head. It was easy for me to go back in and trust again. And I'm a firm believer that you have to trust to honestly be able to know if they're worth trusting to a point, you know, you're going to see through that pretty quick. Yeah. So yeah, I just jumped right in and I didn't have a specific list. I have things that are important to me and things that are I, And then like another list or in my head, what's ideal, Uh but not necessary. And then like things that would be great, but can be let go of. Like, you know, there's Mm -hmm. different levels of what's, yeah. But mostly for me, it's about how they make me feel. Yeah. If I feel like I can be myself and I'm loved exactly how I am, that's like, sweet. They also need to be functioning and have some motivation. (laughs) But like, yeah, for me, that's like a big thing that I need to feel. And if I can feel loved within that relationship, then it's... Once yeah. the other stuff falls into place?
0: So I would say I didn't jump in right away, but we were separated before the divorce was final for about a year. And that year of separation, I really wanted to date, but I had this internal and moral like struggle of, well, I'm not divorced legally,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I probably shouldn't date. And so I just didn't. I didn't date for a whole year. Was
1: that really hard?
0: It wasn't as hard as, it wasn't that hard. Only because I had my kids for about nine months, full custody of oh, my kids wow. for nine months, that nine month period. So you're a so you full on dad. Mode. You couldn't date anyway. Yeah. I, couldn't, I mean, <laughs> Not easily. Yeah. Well, so luckily my parents were generous enough to allow me to, you know, come back and live at their house to get my feet back on the ground. So I was able to put my kids to bed and— Honestly, I spent so much time at the gym. I
2: was going to say, that's yeah. what he told me. He's like, I worked out a lot in I that were- nine months. <laughs> I did. I put
0: my kids to bed and I would let my parents know, hey, kids are in bed. And my kids are really great sleepers and that's a blessing. But I would go to the gym for a couple hours each night and just pump iron. And you just...
1: <laughs> Work li- it all out. You know, well, you know what? That probably was actually really healing for you, like from a therapeutic standpoint too. Absolutely. Because it's just, it's like the one part of your day or you don't have, I just wrote, wrote a post about this today, actually, where you don't have kids being like dad, 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 mm-hmm. dad you know, yep. and that's your time to yourself.
0: So I didn't jump right into it. Like during the separation period of, of a year after that divorce was final, I was everything all in. <laughs> I-
1: well, I think that's smart too. So I learned kind of the hard way in the last, gosh, I've been divorced four years now, four and a half years. And I have a very hard rule now that I won't date anybody, even if they're legally separated. It's just too messy. And it's it's, too messy. messy. And honestly... And I didn't want to explain it. Yeah. Well, and even from the person on the other side, like, even if they're totally legit, there's still emotions involved. And I don't want to be their therapist. And, like, it's just too hard. In fact, I don't really even want to date somebody who's, like, freshly, freshly divorced because it's just... There's a lot that they have to deal with still. I dated a guy who, this wasn't that long ago, but I actually really liked him. He was a great guy. He was a lawyer, super like stand up guy, but his divorce wasn't final yet. And it got to the point where it was like, we were talking about his soon to be ex-wife all the time. And, and I felt weird because I was like, you're not divorced yet. Even though I know you haven't seen each other, you've been legally separated for a year and I ended things with them just because I said, look, I don't feel morally comfortable with this. Like, yeah. I don't even want to tell people we're dating because it's weird. And so that's when I set that hard rule for myself that like, even if they're legally separated and like it's in the works to get done, like just wait a couple more months until they're divorced, yeah. you know? Okay. So Steve, <laughs> so what does that look like? So you move back to Boise and like are there dating apps? You there, know, is that are. what you're? I mean, now there are, but when was? There I mean, were
3: then. This was eight years ago, seven okay. years ago.
1: Seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: my <laughs> it's favorite thing. It was the infamous Grinder.
1: <laughs> yeah, Grinder. Grindr's still around, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Around. That's what I was talking to my other. I, friend.
3: I remember logging on to Grinder the first time or hearing about it. Some I don't even remember who like was like showing me the ropes and like gay dating and whatever, and just scrolling through all these guys, and I'm like, there's this many gay guys in Boise? (laughs) Like, these guys are in Boise? And it shows you they're, like, 300 feet away, 600 feet away, 1.2 miles away. Like, my mind was blown that there is, like, a legit gay community in Boise because I had no idea prior Mm -hmm. to that. But it was hard to navigate. Like, it was a whole different ballgame than I was, than Mormon dating. Dating women. Yeah, dating women. (laughs) And... I Do you probably, have
1: any funny stories, like mistake, like did you ever like. Well, I was not
3: good at it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I I would meet these guys and I thought we would have a good connection and like like I maybe was kind of interested in exploring it, whatever. And then all of a sudden they'd be real ticked at me and like I was like sending mixed signals or like I'd let them on or something. And finally someone sat me down and explained it to me. We are just like, listen, there's two ends of the spectrum here. It's either like in gay dating it's like. You want to hook up uh-huh. anonymously, not talk to each other again, or you want like serious relationship, like committed monogamous date, move forward. Like those are the two spectrums, and I'm like, I am not in either of those. I am so there's no happy very medium? much. I was the happy medium, yeah, or the unhappy medium. <laughs> I'm just like I don't want either of those things. Like
1: yeah.
3: I am somewhere in between, and they just said, well, good luck to you then.
1: <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, huh. That's it tough. was just
3: so it very much took a long time to kind of find how to date and mm-hmm. and who and and I just felt bad all the time like I was doing it wrong. Oh,
1: <laughs> because <But, laughs> you probably feel yeah like that's how you feel when you first start dating when you're young. Yeah, you know, right. yeah. Except now you're an adult and it's
2: weird. <laughs> I remember having lots of conversations with you about dating.
3: Right.
2: I know way too much about Steve's dating life. <laughs> <That's true.
3: laughs> we continued to be. The one that yep. we talked to. We, yep. Like, we were each other's person and talking about stuff. Do you want to And get we married? still are. Uh, I definitely want a serious relationship. <laughs> yes, I don't yeah. know if that involves marriage or not, but sure. I definitely want something real and substantial. And yeah, that's not always been the case over the last eight years. Sometimes, I mean, there are definite, definite benefits to being single. And oh, for sure. The biggest yeah. of which for me is just being independent no one else's thoughts and concerns and opinions to consider no one else's agenda just me enjoying my life doing what makes me happy and Mm -hmm. obviously in a relationship there's another person's feelings and opinions to consider and right but um i would not have guessed that seven eight years later i would be still single and dating and (laughs) So maybe I still haven't figured it out,
1: Natalie. Yeah, well, (laughs) I don't think any of us have ever figured it out. I'm just – it's so fun to talk to people on their journeys and, like, in their different parts and where they're at. And, you know, I think for me too, like, dating's just hard. It is hard. It's really hard no matter who you are, no matter, you know, what you've gone through. It's just – I kind of dread it actually to be honest. It's because especially the first day, I always want to cancel every time. I'm always like, <laughs> why am I doing this? What am I gonna And then I get there and it's fine, but like I get anxiety leading up to it. I don't know. I mean, obviously I don't have it figured out either. I'm still, <laughs> still single. But um, the other thing that I'll say though is that I'm also okay with being single. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I wasn't for a while. And if I would date somebody for a while, we'd break up then I would have to be talking to somebody or texting somebody or multiple right. people. And I wasn't comfortable with being alone. And that's part of the reason why I started doing those solo backpacking trips is because I was like, I need to figure out like how to be comfortable all by myself. Yeah. And I'm still not perfect with it, but I do think I've gotten a lot better. I was in a relationship last year, and I won't go into all the details, but it was – I got cheated on and it was really messy. And if you guys remember, I got that really bad rash all over my tr- arms. It looked like I had measles.
3: We got some of the details before we yeah. started recording it it was messy. Okay, I'll just <laughs> tell you guys. So
1: basically, and I, you know, I have no ill will towards this guy. Like I would never say anything bad about him publicly. Um, but the situation was terrible. So we were exclusively dating and we'd had that conversation. Like he had told me he loved me. That you want to get married and
0: how long were you dating?
1: Well, we didn't date for very long. So this is also a big red flag is he no. was like, what I'm finding. I didn't know what any of these terms meant, but it was like love bombing. Like, I mean, from like our second date, you know, and it was over the top and all my friends are like, dude, this guy seems, and I had been warned that he wasn't a good guy, but I didn't listen. So, um, I get a text one day and he said, babe, Some guy just tried to burn my house down. I'm okay. My daughter's okay. I'll call you later. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And so long story short, he had been sleeping with a married woman, and the affair had been going on for almost two years, and her husband had put a GPS tracker on her car and found out that she was at his house. They had hidden her car in the garage, and so when he went there, he couldn't find her car, so he walked around the house, looked in the bedroom window, and his wife was... on top of my boyfriend. And so enraged, the husband grabbed a gasoline can, ran around the house, lit it on fire, doused the natural gas unit. And luckily they had a fire extinguisher. So the guy was dating and the woman saw the flames coming under the door, but there was a fire extinguisher. So they put the fire out and then the husband turned himself in, spent the night in jail. And the guy was dating told me that the news had been there. So I'm watching the news, and all of a sudden the article comes out, and it mentions this woman's name. So I call him, and I'm like, you got something to tell me? And he made up this whole story that I'm such an idiot, and I was naive enough to believe. I'm so dumb. He told me they were just folding laundry on the bed, and I was like. You know that's what I'm
3: going to call it from now on, right, <laughs> yeah, Natalie? folding laundry.
1: <laughs> hey, how was last night? Did you have fun folding laundry? Folding
3: laundry all day. <laughs>
1: And so, um, anyways, I believed it. I'm so stupid, but I believed it. And so finally the story just didn't add up. So I Facebook friended the woman and I screenshotted it and sent it to the guy I was dating. And I said, if you have something to tell me, you should tell me now. And he called her and asked her to lie to me for him. And she goes, why would I lie to her? The whole, it was on the news. Everybody knows. And, so she said, you're an a-hole, hung up, and proceeded to instantly Facebook message me and tell me what actually happened. So I'm really grateful to her for, like, opening my eyes to what happened. And um, anyways, during that time, I just had massive stress. And also other married women had reached out to me saying that similar things had happened. And so with that being said, um, you know, I'm not going to give the guy's name. I don't have bad feelings towards him. I'm actually grateful to him because that's what got me into therapy, <laughs> and I don't think I would wow. have otherwise. And had you know, it not
3: gone gone up in flames, yeah,
1: seriously, literally. And even though this is a juicy, juicy story, and I know that, but there were a lot of good, a lot of good memories, like outside of this bad decision and bad situation. So, but anyways, after that, I was kind of scarred from dating because. I was like, I've been cheated on by another guy that I dated. I've been severely, in a traumatic way, cheated on by this guy. And I just was wondering, like, what's wrong with me that I keep picking these guys? I was like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I think I'm a good person to date. Like, I'm happy and cheerful and I have my stuff together and I don't nag and, like, I'm a clean person. Like, I was like, you know, I'm positive and... I was like, what's wrong with me that I'm picking people that aren't, like, treating me the way that I think I should be treated? And that's when, in therapy, I was able to work through a lot of the old childhood stuff that I had that I didn't even know was there. And so, for me, that's the process, I guess, I had to go through. And I don't, like, I wish I wouldn't have gone through that string of bad guys I date. No, they're not bad guys, just... Not bad experiences, yeah. And not right for you. Definitely not right for me. And, you know, I think I'm a hard person today. I have to, whoever I end up with is going to have to be a very secure man because, you know, I've been in situations before relationships where the guys have said they felt intimidated by me. And I don't ever want to make somebody feel that way. But somebody, because it has nothing to do with money, nothing like that. But I'm just busy. Like, I'm a busy bee. I like to, (laughs) you know. And somebody's gonna have to be very secure, like come in and and know that like that's just me and that will never change. That's how I'm always gonna be. But that doesn't mean like
3: Doesn't mean they don't have something to offer. Exactly,
1: a hundred percent. Like what I want is somebody who is loyal and kind and like can make me feel safe and secure inside of a relationship. Anyways, I think a lot of guys think they I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I guess I'll just finish this loop. I'll close this loop. But um, I was telling these guys right before we started recording, and I don't usually talk about this stuff in the podcast, so I'm feeling actually kind of, like, vulnerable right now. But I am starting to date a new guy, and I'm not going to give his name or anything, but... How'd you find him? (laughs) in the blender aisle at Fred Meyer, holding organic. Really, Natalie? <laughs> okay, okay. God, dang it! Yes. All right. We want the real the story. Natalie. This, this is
3: why Matt makes such a good moderator <laughs> when Jessica and I. Are I know our you story. guys
1: actually have such a good dynamic between the three of you. You really do. Okay, so I'll tell you the real story. So the fire oh, guy
0: blender does blender ran with some dating app.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it's true. It's true. So let me caveat. I've never well, actually, that's not true. I hopped on Bumble for like a day one time because I was bored. But I heard of that one. it's probably just in my own head, but it's an ego thing for me. I'm like, I don't want people to see me on Tinder. And so I'm sure that's like my own head, because everybody uses dating apps these days. But the other problem is this is a real problem, is that if people find out my name, they'll Google me and then they you can find out my whole life on the internet. And I really like wanna meet somebody and connect with them in person, you know, and like get those real anyways. So basically what I did is, okay. So it's been, I don't know, four or five months since the fire things over six, seven, seven months, actually seven months. And then I kind of was dating this anyways, it didn't matter. It didn't work out. And it's then like a month or two. And you know, I like having my alone time, but there's also like Being alone can get really lonely sometimes. And like at the end of the day, you still want your person, you know, like I have my employees and I have my girlfriends, but I don't have like a person that you can come home to at the end of the day and really like share that with. And Mm -hmm. I miss that a lot. Anyways, I was in a moment of loneliness and kind of boredness because all my girlfriends were yeah. out And so I was like, you know what? I just want to see what's out there. So I was like, I'm going to download Tinder. And it was more actually in my head Again. I was thinking of it as a game. Yeah, I was like, I just, I'll just play the game. Well, I put a fake name And I put a faceless photo, which basically was like, you can't see me right now, but me holding the phone. It was basically a boob shot with some legs. It was a cleavage shot. Yeah. (laughs) And and I put a witty little caption on there. And um, What was the caption? You didn't, you didn't tell us that. I wish I had it here. It said something like, I said something about I'm actually a real person. I said something about genuinely a happy person. I can't remember everything else I wrote. I wrote Mama 2. I always like to put that in your profile because then you don't have to have the weird conversation later. Like, oh, you have kids? I agree. (laughs) Um, And then I wrote, and only a little bit crazy. And that was funny because that actually (laughs) opened up most of the conversations with people. And so the problem is that picture, it was like a piranha tank. Like, I got... Hundreds. It, it was, was a over. Shot. It was yeah. <laughs> and the other problem is the kind of people I was attracting also were probably like, oh, let's hook oh, yeah. up or whatever. Yeah. So lesson learned with Tinder. But but anyways, it kept me entertained and I was messaging a couple people and then I saw this one guy and I thought so. This is a funny story if you guys understand the reference. Have you guys ever seen Mad Men on Netflix? Oh, I know, the that, story but that makes I haven't sense. seen it. So the main character is Don Draper. And so I was do- what I was doing is my girlfriends, every single person I was interested in or I just thought were funny, I'd screenshot them, and, like, we were having conversation with them. So this guy screenshotted, and Ricky was like, Natalie, if you don't message this guy right now, I'm going to come to your house, steal your phone, and I'm going to message you <laughs> She was like, he looks just like Don Draper off of Mad Men, uh-huh. who's this very, like, dapper, handsome. And he- the guy is. He's very handsome. And um, so his profile was funny, too, because he had a a fake name, but you could tell it was fake. I don't remember what it was. And in his caption, he said something funny about how he's never been to jail. And so I messaged him. I said, I think we have two things in common. And he's like, oh, yeah, what's that? And I said, well, pretty sure we're both using a fake name. And I've never been to jail either. And we just kind of started talking. And then I gave him my phone number. But (laughs) anyways, so it's new. It's, like, still new, but no major red flags and... Seems like a really good guy. He is older than me. He's 50. But his kids are grown. Does that bother you that he's 50? Not at all. It used to. So I'm 34. So there's a 16-year age difference. I used to think I wanted to date people my same age. And maybe just, I don't know. I actually like, I prefer dating guys like 40 to 50 age range. Because I feel like they're done playing games. Like, I mean, not all of them, obviously. But I feel like they... They know what they want, and they're more respectful, and they've kind of probably been through the ringer too with their own crazy. And no, I actually prefer it. Like I prefer dating older guys. I liked dating older guys too. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see how this goes. He's um, he had you know, he's a great dad. His kids just adore him, and he's super active and into outdoors and smart. And so we'll see. But. There you go. I've never really <laughs> talked about that in the podcast. I'm already feeling a little bit of a vulnerability hangover. Uh. <laughs> just because it's hard. Because, like, let's say I say those nice things, and then it doesn't work out. And then I have to explain why it didn't work out. And yeah. it's like, you know. But that's just part of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Okay. So we kind of went all over the board here. <laughs> yeah. And I know this has been long. <laughs> we probably will break this possibly into a part one and a part two podcast. But I'd love to just ask you guys some final questions if you're okay with that. And um you know, we get a lot of questions of people who are either dealing with what they feel like are broken or unhappy marriages or infidelity or somebody who actually wants to leave and doesn't know how to do that without breaking apart the family. So maybe if each of you guys could answer this one question, maybe just each give one thing of like, what advice would you give to somebody who feels like if they're listening to their heart, if they're doing what they think is the right decision, but they're afraid of the implications, like of how that's going to, like if it's going to ruin their life or if, you know, what's like one piece of advice you'd give to them in that moment. (laughs) So was I clear on that question? So basically like, and I'm asking this because I see the messages that come in every day. So I'm seeing the questions that come in and they're saying, I think I want to leave my husband, but I'm not sure if that's the right decision. Or I found out that my husband cheated on me and, I don't know what to do next, you
2: know? I feel like the only way to continue forward is to be genuine and real. Like, you have to put yourself out there and ask those hard questions to have a real relationship and to have a real, yeah, a real life. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't live in that fear. You have to let go of that fear and move forward. And that'll give you... The direction you need to go. Like, and you just take a step forward, whether it's the right step or the wrong step, you just try and do that the best you can. And, and I think that's where you get that clarity of, okay, if I'm honest with him and he freaks out or reacts this way, then I know that that wasn't the right thing and that I do want to leave. Like, you know, but if he embraces me and comes at it in a way of love and acceptance, then I can okay, we can work this out. I don't know I yeah, that makes no, that's, sense. That's
1: but I really thoughts. feel
2: like you just got to be honest. Mm-hmm. And if you're feeling that you have to be honest with that person, you have to put it out there.
1: Yeah, the question I have for you is how do you, because these two have such a good, at least it appears to be such a good relationship. Like <laughs> I'm really genuinely curious. Like have you ever felt jealousy towards their relationship? Oh, and absolutely. If So, Like how do you, Work through that. And if somebody else is thinking, yeah, I'm jealous of my ex and their ex-spouse, like (laughs) what advice would you give to somebody feeling that same way?
0: So I have had those jealous thoughts of mostly it's saying, and I've shared this with Jessica, like, Mm -hmm. I wish that my co-parent was as willing to work with me Mm -hmm. as these two are. Mm -hmm. But I also know that I can't control that person. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
2: so it's not to say jealousy of Steve and I, no, but like just our co-parenting. Yep.
1: Yeah. Do you think if Steve wasn't gay, do you think that that would be like an intimidating dynamic to their relationship? You know, like would you ever feel jealous that oh maybe she has feelings for him again or anything like that?
0: Um, probably not.
1: Yeah, and I think no, that probably and, is a lot of.
0: But it, it mostly has to do with trust. Yeah. And one, I know that she trusts me 100%. Mm-hmm. And two, I know that she knows that I trust her 100%. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I mean.
1: Isn't that so, such a good feeling? It is a good feeling. Like seriously, I was just talking to a girlfriend about that the other day. Like that's what I, I crave the most is like being in a relationship where you just can trust the other person, you know. Yeah. And that's that's a good feeling when you really can like genuinely trust somebody.
0: And a perfect example is just like just last night. You went up to Bogus for a run, like, and I had to stay home because I had an appointment that I need needed to be at, and I didn't think twice about it. It It's just like, okay, cool, they're doing their thing.
2: Other people with us too, but still, like, just that idea. We had chaperones. (laughs) Jessica's
0: dad came,
2: (laughs) but it's still like, uh, I mean, he is very, and I think that's why I knew. Matt was the guy for me is because I knew he would be okay with the dynamic Stephen I had. Yeah. And I'm forever grateful for that.
0: Yeah, but it's because, I mean, I have to be confident with myself. Like if I have some insecurities about me and who I am, then it's most likely going to rub off on being more jealous in the relationship that they
1: have.
3: 100%. What we did last night, if me and Jessica and your dad and the kids and your brother and whoever, all of us going up and doing that, if that left you feeling insecure in your marriage, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't, we, wouldn't do it. we wouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Well, it w- we it wouldn't, wouldn't happen. No, it wouldn't. Like, we would just say, like, we have to be open about those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And this works for us. It doesn't work for everybody. Right. So you really got to know your boundaries.
3: And I try not, I know I do, but I try not to take that for granted. Like, it's awesome that you are confident enough that I am still able to totally enjoy the parts of Jessica that I enjoy. And, you know, like, (laughs) it's it's right. Well,
1: I just wonder, I don't actually, I've never been in that situation, but I would imagine that'd be hard for me, you know? Like, I don't know. It's just hard because, like, you guys share parts.
0: So let's put it in this perspective. Okay. Because you just let us know that your ex is going to be moving in the same neighborhood as you. Yeah. Okay? So, would... Your ex and his wife be okay with you just walking to their front door, opening it up without knocking, and walking in?
1: No, no. I mean, we co parent really well, but uh, that just happened
0: well, last night. I whistle when I walk <laughs> in, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
3: announce myself, and we usually know he's
2: coming. coming I never do it
3: if you guys don't know right. I'm coming. I know,
2: right. I know. You have very never respectful. locked in
3: unannounced, yeah. yeah. Right. Usually, it's because but, you message me and say, Hey, we're downstairs, come inside, come or inside. we're in the backyard, or whatever. Yeah.
0: But it's being comfortable, like that comfortable with, okay, if at any point, like, Steve could show up just to chat about his dating life or whatever his life is going on, like, because life happens. Yeah. Like, he'll stop. Steve come could and- show up with his drama any minute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's drama. Not what I No, but uh, Steve,
3: like, we're your people, man. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> And that's that but, and that's the reality of it is we're a family here.
1: Yeah, that's but, so
3: cool. Do you worry about me walking in the door at any moment on an No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah.
0: If I did, yeah. I would just throw on a speedo. Well, <laughs> actually, I
1: don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Wait, my scratch that right? Oh. Okay, so Steve, a question I have for you is um, and it might be a hard one to answer because it might be a current feeling, but So one of my favorite quotes is from Brene Brown. And she says, when you own your stories, the stories no longer have power over you. And so I can imagine when you guys launched this podcast, that must've been scary and hard. And I have a lot of people that write in that like want to do something big. They want to do a podcast. In fact, I'll give you an example. There's one girl um, who is in a couple of my courses. She's awesome. And she wants to start a podcast talking about her story of having an abortion and supporting other women who've had abortions, but she was very, very nervous to tell her story to the world. Now, not comparing that to your guys' story, I'm just giving an example of another time. Or I've had other people say, you know, I want to write a book, but I don't want to put the chapter of, like, my crazy mom because I don't want to hurt her feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes out. So... What advice would you give to somebody who wants to do something big, like a podcast, like what you guys are doing, but they're afraid that, like, the world's going to judge them if they do that? Did you feel that way at all? And if so, like, how did you work through that?
3: Well, I very much felt that way. And we quoted that exact thing on the drive over here, pulling into your neighborhood. Because that was, I heard that quote from you in your Vulnerability Hangover podcast, Mm -hmm. that, that episode. Okay, so here's what happened is we... We sat down and tried to record. Started recording episode one, and 15 minutes in, I just had spiraled down and just said, "You guys, I can't do this. Like, I can't put all this out there. Like, I'm not. This is not stuff I'm willing to just share with the whole world." And basically went home feeling like crap about myself for the Aww. next couple days. <laughs> and I just said, "I'm out. I love the idea of this podcast, but I can't do it. You guys, you, you'll need to do it without me." So Jessica said, "That's fine, but..." before you make your final decision, like listen to these couple of episodes, one of which was your vulnerability hangover episode. And I listened to it and that you quote that in there and it just struck a chord with me that I wanted to experience that. I would love to be able to take, I know we have a story worth sharing and I know that there's potential for good here. And I didn't want to let my insecurities and my shame that I associate with some of my background and some of our history I didn't want to let that stop me from, let that stop it from happening. So mm-hmm. I very much relate to that and very much, it was funny how it just kind of flipped a switch because when we sat down and did our actual, like the next time we recorded, it was just like, on. I, I just had no problem just That's unloading fun. it and telling our story. And it really did literally that very next recording, we didn't end up using it because mm-hmm. our sound Spot. quality was awful and we were all over the board. And But <laughs> just that first time recording at the end of it, I just felt so good. Just such a relief. And it really, it was the first time i have been able to share that portion of our story without feeling shame.
1: Wow. That's amazing. I, oh, I, was, I just got goosebumps. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, have you gotten any negative feedback
3: from um, sharing your
1: story or?
3: Very, very little. Steve's I mean, the one that gets much. the most
0: yeah. DMs and saying, yeah. hey. <laughs>
1: like, Are you single? Is that what they say? No. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, let's,
0: they say, now we know why you're single. <laughs> oh.
2: No, no we we he really, gets people really. reaching out to him more, though, being like, hey, I love the podcast, no, no, no. whatever. Like, yeah. I feel like he's always telling us, oh, my friend so-and-so, or oh, this person reached out yeah, to me. I wish my friends
0: would say something to me. And mm. also people <laughs> that, can,
2: that are relating and in a similar situation. And that's what we want to do is we want to help other people figure out mm-hmm. to do what's you know, but own I, who you are.
3: I worry about how it's gonna affect me when I get some haters. Like yeah. I know it's gonna happen, and
0: so Natalie, what would your advice be? Yeah, because I need specifically it specifically <laughs> to Steve when he gets haters, or when we get haters. Yeah.
1: Like- so at the beginning, it's just hard. Like just know it's hard, and it's it's it feels hard until you get a lot, and then you it feels less hard. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I remember the first time, like, I felt like it shattered me into a million pieces, especially if they're critical of something that you're already maybe a little insecure about, yeah. it can like stab you in the heart. So what I've had to do, like, here's an example and I'll just briefly tell it. But when we were starting another company called Dollar Workout Club, we would go into my aunt's vacation home and we'd film a quarter's worth of content in two weeks. So it was really hard physically because we are doing eight workouts a day. But my parents would help with the kids or we'd get help with the kids and... I was already kind of insecure about my kids not being with me every day because at that point I was a stay-at-home mom. And we would share the videos, like, we wouldn't show how hard it was all the time. We'd show the behind-the-scenes, like eating, you know, cheese and salami or goofing around. And I had somebody anonymously send me a message. It was when I had Snapchat, and so it was like a black screen. And they're like, Oh, you must be such a great mom while you're goofing off and your kids are shipped off or something like that. I can't remember what it said, but it like, because I was already insecure yeah. about clearly it. Yeah, clearly
3: something that was already a sensitive subject. And totally. yeah. it,
1: made, like, it made me cry, and I started believing her, and I was like, maybe I'm not. And then it made me want to become a keyboard warrior and, like, you don't know my story. Like, you don't know that yeah. like, we're $170,000 in debt, and we paid that off so we could start this company, and blah, you know. And I didn't (laughs) because the one thing I've learned is being a keyboard warrior never works. Like it's just going to create a battle back and forth and it usually fuels their fire. Mm -hmm. And so what I've actually learned to do is when I get negative feedback is to sit on it for a minute and really, well, one, recognize that usually when people are cruel, it's almost always more about them than it is about you. And Mm -hmm. usually you've triggered something that like this woman, I didn't know her story. I didn't know her situation. Maybe her kids were in daycare full time and she felt jealous because she saw us. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's a story I'm making up. I don't know her situation. But recognize it's usually more about them and their issues than it is about you. And then what I try to do is sit there for a minute and try and pinpoint what it was that they said that triggered something in yeah. me. And what was the part of me that got triggered and how can I – and just wrestle with that for a little bit. You know, like how can I – Strengthen that insecurity that I have, or how can I try to overcome that insecurity? And then I usually don't respond. I, yeah, you know, I don't even allow them to blame their emotions on me. I just simply thank them for the awareness that they gave me and and wish them luck. And then I also block people. <laughs> like my page, my rules. So if you're going to be nasty and ugly, I don't feel bad at all about blocking people. Yeah. But the more you get it, the less it stings. And that sounds stupid, but. Like, the first few mean comments I got just tore me apart. I had one person that said, just recently, they said, you're so dramatic in your Insta stories. It's no wonder your husband divorced you. No. And I was like... What is wrong with people? Yeah, and, you know, who knows what their story is? Who knows what they're going through? And I had to learn, like, you don't know anything about our divorce story. Like, my ex-husband was a good guy. Like, you know, and there's just no you can try to respond and it won't actually, it, it never works. Like right. it usually actually makes them angrier and more of a keyboard warrior. And so I just like thank them for the awareness, try to figure out what it triggered in me and Boy. move on yeah. and move on. Yeah. Yep. But it's kind of like you can get 99 positive comments yep. and then you get one negative one. It's And that's the only thing you can think about. It's like, it's kinda of like when you're getting a review at work and it's like everything you're doing great. And then the one thing that needs improvement on, and that's like all you can think about, yeah, you know? But okay, you guys, we just went for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but I seriously feel like I could sit here and talk to you guys for another. I mean, we won't, don't worry. I'm not gonna scare you. But we could sit here and talk all night. So great. um, I wanna thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I like truly and wholeheartedly mean it when I say I want you guys to go check out their podcast. And it's On Instagram, what is your guys' handle? Husband in law. Husband in law. law, But it's
2: husband underscore underscore in
1: underscore law. Yeah. And I'll tag them when we share this podcast too. But I wasn't joking when I said I binge listened to their podcast because they were so good and easy to listen to. And they share, they don't leave anything out the table. They share very personal details. And what's so cool, I want to like really applaud you guys for this is like when you're the one being vulnerable in a way it gives other people permission to also be vulnerable. And so like you guys will probably start to notice that as more people start listening to your podcast, you'll probably get a lot of people sharing, Mm -hmm. sharing their like heartfelt stories with you because even though when you're the one sharing the stories, it feels so scary. And I know because I've been there like to everybody else, it looks brave and courageous Mm -hmm. and, It gives other people, it's like writing a permission slip for them to say, hey, like, you're not alone and you can share your stories too. And I just think, like, I get a big smile on my face when I think about what you guys are doing because I just think as a society, like, the more open we are to sharing our stories, the more receptive we are of other people's stories. Like, I don't see how that there's any bad that comes along with that, you know? I
2: agree.
1: I think it can really help a lot of people. Like, and you guys are just so many Interesting dynamics to your relationship. <laughs> you have the co parenting, the divorce, Stephen Gay, like your kids. Like, it, there's just so many cool dynamics. And I love how you guys address everything. So, thanks. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Well, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Make sure to go check them and their Instagram and their podcast out. I promise. This is my own personal recommendation. I'm not BSing you guys. I (laughs) seriously wouldn't love their podcast. So you won't regret it. And um, we will see you guys in the next podcast. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We want to remind you that your story is your story to share. And we hope that by us sharing our stories – gives you the courage to share your own and also motivates you to have those hard conversations that may be needed. Thanks again for listening and we are looking forward to seeing you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right, now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode, and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.